Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is Christopher Sean Kaz from Star Wars Resistance. And I want to invite you to join me on Saturday, September 17th for Potathon 2022. I'll be hanging with my friends from Tatooine Sons, a pop culture podcast. And I want to see you there. Potathon is a day-long charity podcasting event that raises money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. The day is going to be filled with amazing shows, awesome guests, and lots of fun. Mark your calendars now and visit www.thepotathon.com for more information about the event and how you can donate directly to Make-A-Wish. Can't wait to see you there. And hey, may the force be with you. Well, gentlemen, today is going to be a different episode in several ways. All right, well, I'll bite in what ways? Well, uh, thank you, Nate. Uh, first, <laughs> Sam is leading the Star Wars segment yeah, this week. Yeah, I so, am. Um, well, yeah, it makes sense because Rogue One is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, but why else is it is it going to be different? Uh, BB Nate is going to dive deep into how faith is portrayed in the story of Daredevil. That's usually the kind of yeah. thing I would do. It is. It's kind of why he's become my favorite Marvel character. That's very That's cool. great. <laughs> And then I am going to lead a conversation about why I think, and we think, right? And it's a we. We, we, we? Okay. We, 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 we. we, we. <laughs> why we think that I Am Groot is actually a better show than She-Hulk. Ooh. I promise. We're going to keep this conversation very light side. And this is Tatooine Sons. It's true. It's true. All of it. What is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Force is strong in my family. What do you think his name is? <laughs> it's a big moment. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Maybe Turbis? Do or do not. There is no try. Turbis? Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that Porg's name is now Turbis. It's a good Star Wars name. We're not done yet. These guys recorded an awesome podcast called Tatooine Sons. Everybody was lit. It released, what, a few days ago? Uh, how two days? Two days? There's only two days. Two, ago? three days. Yeah. Damn. Well, by the time. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four. Or five uh, days. We've already listened to it like 
I've listened to it many times. times. What soundtrack are you talking <laughs> about? The Rings of no Power. Uh, it was it was B- Bear. What's his McCreary. last name? McCreary. McCreary. Yes. All right. Yeah. So initial reaction, I'll have you go, BB Nate. Fantastic. We don't have any emotional connection to any of this the soundtrack or the characters or anything, and I think this is genuinely one of the best soundtracks I've listened to. In that a while. is a lot coming from you. What about out of recent years? Yeah, it's definitely one of the best soundtracks to come wow. out. It is phenomenal. So really many- recognizable, iconic themes that yeah. once you put some emotion emotional connection behind it it'll be just about as iconic as some of the and we're getting uh, a new trailer themes. uh today, today. Uh, seriously probably yeah. is already out Ooh. that's awesome so uh welcome <laughs> wait today is in recording or today as in release release okay. all right welcome okay. to tattooing sons a pop culture <laughs> podcast the only fan podcast to name a can of star wars creature and to be endorsed by the writer and director of the last jedi ryan johnson and knives out and glass, uh, onion. And glass onion coming yes out looking good on looking Netflix. good absolutely we believe that pop culture is the mythology of our generation that there is a story it is written on our souls and that these myths speak to that story and that is why we talk about star wars and marvel and dc and all of the epic franchises that you love so much i am david i am the dad hello, hello, dad. hello gentlemen i am honored to be joined every week by my two amazing sons samuel hutt Star Wars this week. Yeah, one of the best stories in Star Wars doesn't even have a Jedi. That's just true. true. And uh, will you explain why we're talking about that this week? Will you do that on your segment? Yes. All right, awesome. (laughs) BB Nate? Yeah, I'm convinced that Daredevil is one of the greatest television shows ever made. Wow. I I know that's high. I'm telling you, season three is grabbing me, and I'm not finished (laughs) with it yet. We tried to get it finished before recording. Yeah, it's just life, right? Um, (laughs) It's it's crazy. What are you you talking about, Dad? What's what's going on? Well, I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to share an opposing viewpoint. I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be uh, the, 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 the opposing counsel. Ah, I get it. The lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, I like on, on She-Hulk, um, especially the end credit scene regarding Captain America. Um, and we'll talk about that. So, um, but before we do that, thank you so much for listening to the show. If this is the first time you're listening, thank you so much for being here. We hope you'll stick around all the way through to the end and give us a chance, uh, to explain some of the crazy stuff that we're talking about this week. Um, follow the show on whatever podcast app that you listen to podcasts on. Make sure you hit that subscribe. That's a YouTube moment right there. Yeah, that's a YouTube. Smash down the subscribe button, bro. Smash like. Smash like. All right. And uh, uh, follow the show. (laughs) That does Uh, not work for us. It doesn't. We tried YouTube. It doesn't work for us. Okay. (laughs) Um... Uh, super excited about what's coming September 17th. Yes. yes. Potathon 2022 just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's going to start up at 9 a.m. Eastern. Last week, we told you about some of the amazing announcements of, of guests like obviously Ryan Johnson, who's going to be on Octu Radio. Our guest is going to be Christopher Sean, first uh, guest. Star Wars Resistant, the first guest first of guest, the entire, yes. um, Potathon. Um, we'll be on around 9.20 a.m. Eastern on our show. Kristen Baver from This Week in Star Wars is going to be there. Gary Witta. Who helped write the screenplay yes. for Rogue One, yep. a Star Wars it's story, like it, and it, some it's other connected. stuff? It's it crazy. Is. It's like it's like poetry. Coincidence. It rhymes. Wow. This week's guest announcements are just it's just crazy. Incredible. I can't, I can't even begin to describe how amazing this thing is getting. Um, Friday night, Bombad cast Scotty and Jerry. They uh, 
they announced Seth Green. Wow, that's there. It's crazy. If you if you're if the name is familiar and you're not placing him, uh, he was one of the stars of Robot Chicken. He was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's in the Austin Powers movies. Uh, he was in the Italian Job. With, that actually uh, looks with good. Mark actually, it's a, you've never seen. I've that? never seen it. No, that is the on Italian the Italian Job. I love that. Movie. I've never even heard of it. I have. Um, I, I watched the trailer. I'm like, this looks good. And it I totally really about is it. good. Um, with it, he voiced uh, Toto. Toto. To to it's Toto. Toto. I thought it was Toto too. Uh, 360 Toto and it's, it's Toto um, 360. Ian, yeah, it's, it's Toto 360. <laughs> I know you said Toto 2. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. Yearable. It's I'm, yeah. Anyway, he voiced, voiced a couple <laughs> characters in Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And I hear that the uh, conversation that they had was just amazing. And he, said it was. Uh, he's, he's a lot of fun. And the outtakes on the trailer, uh, where the, the, the promotional plot uh-huh. are fantastic on that as well. But that's not it. Uh, Charles Soul. Wait, there's more. But wait, <laughs> there's more. Um, uh, Charles Soul, author of Light of the Jedi, a bunch of High Republic books, mm-hmm. uh, the Dark, Darth Vader, Dark Vader, Vader. Vader. Sith. Fantastic. One of the best Star Wars comic series of all mm-hmm. times and a bunch of other stuff um, with that. Kelly Knox, um, she's been a guest on our show before, um, but she's um, the author of Be More Obi-Wan and Star Wars Every Day. And she's a writer for StarWars.com. Awesome. Uh, Zareda Cordova, author of Star Wars A Crash of Fate, another High Republic author, um, Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark. Um, was there yeah. Mike Chen, author wow. of Star Wars Brotherhood and um, wow. uh, one of the anthology stories in From a Certain Point of View in Fire Strikes Back. And then our friend, and I really truly feel weird that I can say that. Yeah, it's um, a lot. Our friend Matt Martin, uh, senior creative so executive cool. of Lucasfilm Story Group. Wow. The man who was instrumental in terms yeah. of being canonized. That's an understanding. And our fandom. And uh, <laughs> a guest on our 100th episode back from a yeah. few years ago, and someone who has just been absolutely amazing to us. And my understanding is. There's more announcements coming. Goodness. So you need Woo. to be there September 17th, 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, check out, um, just, just search Potathon 2022. You're going to find it all over yep. on, the, yes, on everything and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. But enough talking about what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about what we're talking wow, about. Wow. You said that with confidence this I week. Did. You're I did. already You guys, ready. you, you guys, you practiced that in the mirror a couple yeah, times. You encouraged recording. me to say it with confidence this week. So there I did. BB Nate, go yep. for it. All right. Well, we finally caught up with the rest of the world. Well, most Not of us. Me. And watch the Daredevil series, and it is stunning. Yep. To the point where I started reading some of the comics, and one of my favorite parts of his character is his faith and religion. So let's get into how that makes him a great Marvel character. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Yeah, I can fly. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. The people in this room, which one is A, wearing a spangly outfit, and B, not a fuse? There's only one god, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Batman has no limits. You were so yeah we watched the episode before that and i had to go to youth choir and i he was like you were asking if you could continue watching and i'm just like he's no. already bb nate had already seen the show he's watching it again with me because he loves it so much mm-hmm. we're about halfway through almost to the end now we're almost at the three. end mm-hmm. but at the time we were about you know about halfway yes through. and so he was the episode before spoiler alert if you haven't watched if you haven't watched daredevil turn it. this off go watch it come back yes right. exactly um where Which you'll see in a few months we um, find out that maggie 
is the mother of Matthew. My Murdoch. jaw hit the floor. And it was frustrating because there was a moment earlier in that season <laughs> where she's stitching up uh, Matt's face. Matt's face. I want to say Charlie Cox, but it's obviously Matt, right? Um, <laughs> stitching up Matt's face and talking about how she left the convent or the, the church mm-hmm. and went and thought she could have a different life for a while and then came back. And I'm like, wait, could she be Matt's mom? And then I immediately dismissed it <laughs> and was like, that's not even no way they are going to do that. And then at the time I was like, I don't want them to do that because that's like, that's like a too much of a Darth Vader moment. Right. By the time we got to the actual reveal, it was, I was like, Oh, oh, oh. Heartbroken for Matt. <laughs> and then when Matt leaves and Maggie's oh, at the bed and she's geez. just sobbing. I was oh. dying inside. Such a good, such a good Well, show. and then she reveals it in a prayer that's private before God and 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 yes. yes. He's daredevil. And I'm like, ah, oh, oh, I broke my heart. Anyway. That's <laughs> great. So um we're just gonna talk about Daredevil and his faith through kind of three periods of his his whole I don't know. Journey? Journey, I guess. His his, his comic. No, it's comic journey. Okay, it's comic journey. His his whole fandom journey. Um, Let's start with when he was first confirmed to be a Catholic. Um, Matt Murdock being Catholic was hinted at for a while. But it was never confirmed to the insanely popular Born Again arc, which came out and was considered one of the greatest arcs for Daredevil of all time. And you might recognize the story from Daredevil Season 3, since that took heavy inspiration from it. Don't worry, Dad. I didn't include the ending in this, so you won't you won't get spoiled on it. That's anything. good, but can we stop? I thought that the new series is called Born Again. It is, so we're not 100% sure how that's going to work out. Okay, um, okay. Not, not, not really, but um, Born Again is about Matt being beaten by Fisk, losing the law firm, and being abandoned by everyone he knows. Eventually, Matt loses faith and becomes homeless and lives on the street, barely able to beat a few guys who are mugging someone. This is the, the comic. We're not mm-hmm. getting spoilers, okay? No, no. Right. He's rageful and dark in this arc, and Eventually, he finds a church where a nun named Maggie. Yes, oh. Sister Maggie. Um, don't know if it's confirmed in this arc in that he's she's uh, his mother, though. I don't remember that. But um, helps him and gives him a room to stay in. She prays that he will regain his faith and spread the light of God on the streets of New York. And a few days later, Matt regains his faith and prevails in his own inner battle using faith and not rage or violence. And this story is one of the classics by Frank Miller, actually. Right. After oh, he did yeah. Dark Knight Returns. Mm. And it shows how powerful Matt's faith is. Without it, he would have fear. He would never become the man without fear. And we wouldn't have what is considered the greatest superhero show ever. <laughs> hmm. So what does Matt's faith mean to y'all? Is it encouraging to see these stories in comics and TV shows? Let me go first, because okay. I haven't seen the resolution. You haven't. No, I, 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 I and specifically the cut one that out. word that I keep saying every episode with Matt and it, hurt, it literally I mean, it's like physically hurting my heart. It watching does. Watching Matt go through this is it, he's just so dark. It's 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 hard to see that the laughable you know matt from seasons mm-hmm. one and two um is it's not charming. there yeah he's, he's yeah. not there in this and he's you you when he says he's gonna kill wilson fisk i have no doubt he means he's mm-hmm. killing wilson fisk and he is you know and and the contrast between that and season two with punisher he's trying to constantly tell punisher to to mm-hmm. to to believe in these people, to have to trust that they can be good. There's good in everyone, all of these things. And this version of him is hard. It is hard to watch. So my hope is um, that he resolves because right now it's really, really difficult um, to mm-hmm. go through. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it, it's cool. Well, not cool, but I think it's important <laughs> to see this. It's a, it's a very like n- not powerful enough word, but it's, it's encouraging to see that concept or that aspect of him because it shows why he does what he does and why he's able to keep pushing forward because he truly believes that he's making a difference. He's doing the right thing and he has a, something feeding into him to keep him going. Um, and it's, it's like, it's cool to see for us too. Um, while we're not Catholic, um, you know, it's it's very similar. Yes. Yeah. So it's really neat to see that sort of, of, I guess representation mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but I, I really, yeah, I really like that aspect of Matt. It's, it's something cool. We don't see very often. Yeah. No. Cool. Uh, speaking of the daredevil show, they didn't shy away from his faith in the show. And it's actually what made the show, in my opinion, fantastic. Uh, season three really dives into the aspect of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the season, we see a broken man who has lost everything and has lost all faith. And we get some amazing conversations in this season about faith, like the one on the steps when he is a kid with Father yeah, Lantham and even a, a few scene. with uh, Maggie towards yeah. the beginning and everything. Um, and what I love about this season and the portrayal of faith in this show is that it's not all easy. Mm. It's not all peachy and sunny. And it's hard <laughs> to difficult to have faith sometimes. And mm. maybe you lose it, but never give up. You keep believing and eventually you'll see the signs. So what do you all think about the Daredevil show overall? Oh, Damn, man. No spoilers. Yeah. No, I'll be careful. <laughs> Honestly, for whatever reason, even though we just finished it, season three is still kind of fuzzy for me. I don't... I, I, That's I, it's great watching it again. <laughs> right. No, I, I do want to watch it again. I was I was busy dealing with a whole bunch of things when that was happening. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't remember specifics. But I do remember like aspects of, of that. And overall, I think the, the Daredevil show portrays a great story of a man who never gives up despite everything. I mean, first you have a, a a blind man doing the things he's doing. Obviously, yes, he's got powers and stuff, but he could have just sat around and done nothing about it. Yeah. He decided to make a difference. So that's already a sign of, of him going forward and him losing his dad and his mom not being there and, and everything that's happened over the course of the story that we see and him never giving up, um, is such an encouraging story, I think. And, and I think you're right, Nate. I think faith is what keeps him going. What keeps, Mm -hmm. it gives him that drive that he has to never, when he gets hit down one of the things is about they talk about them them murdoch boys they take a hit and they never stay down they always get back up Mm. and that's i think the faith is a large part of why matt keeps getting back up it is interesting to think about um that verse in scripture that says we walk by faith and not by sight exactly how Uh, that is a driving central theme to this entire I mean, he's character. the personification of it he almost. is literally walking by faith and not by sight and it makes sense that they include his faith mm-hmm. as such a central element within this story because of of the uh the idea there with it i love this show i'll be honest with you the first season i finished that all the way back in california you did. before you guys moved back to cal moved to california after we were like doing mm-hmm. that transition yeah. there i watched it i got into a couple episodes of season two you guys Guys moved there. It was too crazy for, at that time. Same and I, I think watched 16 like part of season, one. not even twelve. And yeah, you guys watched a couple episodes, a little bit. And then I was like, I just let's not do yeah. this. And so I never picked back up on it. Finishing season two a few week a week or so ago, 
was good. Yeah, it's good. But it's not the same as this season. No. We got into this season <laughs> and I was, ju- I'm just captivated by it. <laughs> and I do think it's a different, it's a very different, mm-hmm. uh, different season. Is yes. it got, does it have daredevil violence in it? Sure. It does. But not to the extent of seasons one and two. No. No. It is a intelligent, story with great characters wilson fisk is just the personification of evil mm-hmm. he is manipulation I, you know when we watched hawkeye and everybody was super excited about kingpin coming back i was kind of like yeah that's, yeah, that's cool. cool i'm happy he's back no in. i'm like kingpin back in the story same thing with daredevil mm-hmm. after this season i was like you know excited about seeing yeah seeing matt murdoch in in no way home try cox I'm telling you right now. I'm really excited. Give me <laughs> when we more see No Way Home again. I'm a cheer louder this time. <laughs> I am so excited about these characters. I, this se- I want to see the resolution with it. When you say this one is one of the best television shows of all time, there's no lie. No, in that. I mean, I it's it's that good. There there isn't anything that I've watched during this show that I'm just like. Oh, that was that was pretty meh, or, or that was pretty bad. I didn't enjoy that. I mean, Defenders. I guess is connected to it. Yeah, I but guess we should clarify that we watched a, a recap, recap video for because me Defenders is not that. Defenders. Nathan and I watched Defenders. That's true. Yeah, it, 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 we didn't. We didn't enjoy it. it was, but okay. Daredevil in and of itself, the whole show is fantastic, and I cannot and wait to see Charlie Cox's Daredevil. You have to give it to, like you said, Charlie Cox. He does an amazing job portraying the character, and, and you see the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's able to portray it so well. Yeah, he he does phenomenal. And kudos to the unsung heroes of the casting directors. They nailed it in this series. Yep, Foggy. Everybody, Foggy's fantastic. Fist, Karen's Karen is fantastic. Yes. The Matt. priest is fantastic. Yes, Maggie is, great. is fantastic. Yes, everything. Kudos to them. They're yep. great. Um, I get all of you out there that I was thrilled for you when you found out that Daredevil was coming back and Kingpin was coming back and all of those things. I mean, I thought I got it. I was excited with you guys. But if you had already finished it, I I apologize for not understanding how important <laughs> this was because it is that good. It is. Um, but this is something we need to discuss. Are y'all worried about the Daredevil Born Again series? I'm not sure because I don't know how this one resolves itself. I mean, depending. We don't even know if they're going to continue exactly. that story. They just happen to have cast two of the same actors to play the same mm. characters. That's the only connection three. we now three, three. That's right. We've got foggy. Um, Let's go. <laughs> so that's the only real mm. connection we have at the moment. But my inclination is to think that they are going to continue. It has to be. Um, and I'm not worried. I think you can still tell interesting stories and compelling stories with daredevil. I mean, think about everything that's changed in the MCU since, season three happened. I mean, you have the this blip and all of that. I mean, we don't know what yeah. Matt was doing during the whole blip situation. He could have been, blipped. he could have been stuck, uh, you know, I'm not saying anything crazy. I know, I know. I was just making sure. You so <laughs> we don't, we don't know anything like that yet. Well, I mean, I got you guys to say tread carefully and don't spoil it and all that. Exactly. The reality is Matt Murdoch is back. Yes. Yes. If this is the same universe, the same story, which it hasn't been conf- completely mm-hmm. confirmed yet. The Matt Murdock in No Way Home is the Matt Murdock that right. you, yes. you get in season one mm-hmm. and season two yeah. of the of this series. So I realize that there's got to be some kind of change and progression mm-hmm. from where we're mm-hmm. at in the in the yeah. series at this point. Um but at, 
So one, the only thing I'm worried about is that in this new series, it won't have the feel that we have now. I'm not talking the MA rating and, and all that. You don't need that to tell a compelling story. I'm talking about the feel of the show, the faith elements, the, like you said, intelligent, compelling stories. I, I, we, Daredevil, the show would not be what it is now without those things. Mm -hmm. So, I'm worried that they're not going to be able to capture that again and put it in this new They series. sort of tried to to make it more standard MCU story yeah, like versus he, what we get in the Daredevil series. Right. I mean, honestly, if they keep it close to how Moon Knight was, I think we'll be pretty okay. And one of the the great things that we've gotten already is the eighteen episode long first season. Yeah, that's exciting. That's, that huge. Is, that's huge storytelling that ability. Is, yes. Do you think they go MA rating? Because they are with Marvel Zombies. Yeah. I think they could. I think that the popularity of this show itself in the Netflix world, um, and the reaction of fans to seeing Wilson Fisk in Hawkeye, mm -hmm. seeing Matt Murdock in No Way Home, seeing the possible and hearing the possibility that they would come back in their own series. All of that together tells me that they can they can go down that path and I think people are going to be okay with it mm -hmm. in the MCU. Um I hope that they do. I think that they have really? to for this type of a character and with how it's set up. I want it to feel like it's a continuation of this current series. Okay. And, yeah. And, and I mean, it would make sense with how it's, it's named. I feel like it's a, it's a reboot of the show. It, they're, they're starting it up again, but born again. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and lastly, uh, the Chip Z Zdarsky. It's, I've never had to say that name. Uh, the Chip <laughs> Zdarsky run, um, that I'm currently reading. I'm about halfway through the, uh, the, the last run he did. He's doing the, the current one right now. But from what I've read has handled it his faith in a very good way again at the beginning of this run matt loses his faith and becomes sloppy to the point where he accidentally kills a criminal wow Dang. this drives him to further go into a depression where he starts running from the law and even beating officers up to get away which he does in this he season does. with the mm -hmm. fbi and they actually talk about it in detail so. in this arc he's he's no longer matt murdoch anymore very similar and, yeah and eventually spider-man himself makes him retire or he will and i quote take care of him himself wow and daredevil is dead and Matt gives him up. Matt is still lost, but he doesn't want to be. He eventually looks for God's signs and tries to hear him. Mm. He goes to a church and has a conversation with a nun. No, it's not Maggie <laughs> about it. And she tells him that he just has to be patient and listen. At that exact moment, he hears another nun sobbing in a corner because her son was just oh, kidnapped. Wow. Matt takes this as a sign from God and he goes and saves the boy. Eventually, this leads him to start taking down criminal rings and he completely gives up the daredevil mantle, thinking it was too dark and violent for the city and he wanted to give hope. So now hmm. he's just Matt Murdock vigilante. Interesting. Eventually, he's not using an, an alter ego? No, he just, huh. had, he just had a mask on. Um, eventually, he saved the entire city from a crime family and he dons the suit and and the symbol again, understanding that it is what gave hope mm, and faith very to the city Batman, like the yeah. guys he needed. Mm -hmm. At the end, he's just, it's a beautiful shot in this comic. He's sitting in this street of absolutely just 
demolished. The explosions, fires, and everything everywhere. And he just puts on the mask. Because in this arc, there were imposters of Daredevil. Uh, um, that's like why he gave up the symbol. Because three. because there were people pretending to be him because Daredevil was gone. Uh. And so he there was an imposter who was fighting alongside him when the city was being destroyed. So he grabbed the suit that he made and put it on and said, this is the symbol that they need. And it's, it's great. That's it's wow. a great so arc cool. so far. And I'm only halfway through. Um, but this is a, a bit of a different take on his faith but still it is what drives him to be good so overall from what we've heard in this and born again and everything that you grew up with dad what do y'all think of the overall character of matt murdoch slash daredevil i love the fact that matt's faith isn't simple no yeah i love the fact that mate that that he literally seems to go from one crisis of faith to another mm-hmm. it's real you know this is gonna go way left field so i'm sorry um <laughs> it's fine i didn't no, there may be three people that listen to this show that will have any idea what i'm talking about in this moment but we'll wait. one of the greatest uh, the man ascap is the organization the official organization that rates like songs and artists and things like that like copyright stuff hmm. mm-hmm. okay and they listed the number one songwriter of the 21st century What's this century? 20th century. 20th century. 20th century. The 1900s. The 20th Mm -hmm. century. Okay. They listed a songwriter. He's a Christian songwriter. He's written song like Because He Lives and The King Is Coming and He Touched Me named Bill Gaither. They listed him as the number one songwriter of the 20th century. Dang. Okay. He was asked on another podcast that has nothing to do with Star Wars or Marvel or DC. (laughs) He was asked asked what song God put him on earth to write. And he mentioned a song that most people have never, ever heard called, I believe help thou my unbelief. And he quoted the phrase, I long so much to feel the warmth that others seem to know, but should I never feel a thing? I claim him even so. And he says, Mm. I wrote that song for people that believe, even though they don't know why Uh. they believe and that is a perfect illustration of Matt Murdock. Yeah. And that's what makes his character so compelling. And that's why I think people gravitate towards it. Because I do think there's a story written on our souls that tells us that there's a God. Mm-hmm. And that the, that the supernatural divine realm is real. And so we gravitate towards stories that speak to that part within us. And I think that's why Daredevil is so popular. So... Yeah, I don't think I can, can really add. Up? Yeah, I can't really Sorry. add much to that. Um, oh, I just, I'm asking your opinion on him. No, I I love what, him. Okay, here's here's a better. What does Matt Murdock Daredevil mean to you in the fandom in pop culture? Yeah, I think he's such a a, a important character and symbol. I mean, he is very much a a sort of Batman esque character for Marvel. Like, granted, he has powers, but not to the yeah, same he just extent has heightened as abilities. Yes, his senses compensate for his lack of vision, basically. But you know, the fact that he's pretty much an everyman and he's just trying to make a difference in in his city, no matter what the cost, right? Because he just cares for his city and 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 those people, despite his disabilities and abilities, mm-hmm. and despite his like you said that crisis of faith. I mean, he does he struggles with his faith and whether he wants to maintain this mantle of Daredevil. I mean, it's it's constant and it makes for a very compelling story because we're able to relate to it. 
you know, we don't have perfect seasons all throughout our life. We go through struggles too. So being able to see a character who is superhuman, you know, we would think would have it all put together, go through these tough times and these tough emotions and come out on the other side, a better person because of it is hugely motivational. And I think Mm. Daredevil is such a a great example of that. And that is why I love Batman and Daredevil because they all go through those type of things. And so that's great. But uh, I mean, I gotta be honest, Daredevil has probably become my second favorite superhero or or above Dr. Strange, probably one, a one B with Batman over the past. Wow. I love to see the superheroes I can get beat and do, but they always get up again and seeing Daredevil using faith to get up again is always an amazing thing to see. And I cannot wait to see more Daredevil in the MCU. Absolutely. Dang. Great, great segment. Guys, yeah, that would, just for all you listening out there, just want to remind you that the kid that led that just turned 17 like a week ago. <laughs> right. Very proud um, because that shows such maturity and wisdom. I'm very proud um, of who you are. All right. We should move forward. Um, <laughs> and on, this, on that um, note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, here, uh, again, we're, we've got this is it canon thing i well, um, it? Uh, it could be legends <laughs> it could be canon but the random article button on wikipedia is what's going to determine that that's all up next this is not going to go the way you think all right again for all of you just tuning in uh, maybe for the first time here's how this segment works i give a description of something that i find on the amazing repository of everything star wars wikipedia and then these two knuckleheads make an argument for whether they think it's canon or legend all right, you guys okay, ready? ready. Yes, Don't look. Go. I'm not. Right. I'm not looking. All right, it's Nimanov. Nimanov. Are we sure, we're not talking about Lord of the Rings here. No, Nimanov. Okay. Okay. okay, not Numenor. Nimanov. He was a rebel pilot who flew an X-wing starfighter for the Rebel Alliances. This is way too vague. <laughs> rebel Alliances. Well, if you'd be quiet, I'll go get ahead. Those. Go ahead. All go right. Ahead. Uh, for the 61st Mobile Infantry during the Galactic Civil War, his assigned ship was the Brahatok class gunship. Ipolana's Promise, which flew with the 61st Troop Transport, the CR-90 Corvette Thunderstrike, and carried the company's two X-Wings on its underbelly. Both Nemanov and the other X-Wing pilot swore they would never board the troop carrier. That's vague. <laughs> Legends are canon. Um, <laughs> this is vague enough to be in a canon book, but... It also could very well be a Legends book because I feel like either this is Rogue Squadron, which, but then that's Galactic, that's the, is it, that's not the Galactic Civil War. Though. Yeah, it is. That is, yeah. yeah. No, then it could very well be Rogue Squadron, but it could also be like Aftermath or something. Well, yeah, that's all still canon. Well, Rogue Squadron isn't. Rogue Squadron is Legends. No, the Rogue Squadron movie will be canon. Will be, if that ever gets made. But the Alphabet Squadron... Yeah, yeah. No, I was was talking about Rogue Squadron, because that sounds like Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron Uh, was a series of novels during the Legends era. And and video game, right? And video game. Yeah, the novels were based Based on on video games. That's true. But then there's the Alphabet Squadron, which is canon, right? That takes place right after 6, right? Yes. Correct. So would that technically be the Galactic Civil War? No, Galactic Civil War ends at Jakku. So... Yeah. Oh, okay. And so, so that takes mm. place. Okay. Mm. This is tough. Cause my, I feel like it's possible enough. My, my initial inkling is to say legends, but I think I always like, <laughs> I think I always, well, that makes sense though, legends. because legends, there's so much more legends. Content. And I'm unfamiliar with most of it. Well, right. I'm familiar with 
enough with a, a lot of legend stuff. You, a lot of canon. You're familiar. Yeah, sorry, canon. Um, this has been a long day. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess legends okay. because it sounds like it, it would be. Oh. It's fleshed out enough to be a main character in a legend story because I mean I feel like I would have heard of him in canon, but then again, okay, haven't read a lot of books. Fair enough. BB Nate. I guess I'll just I don't know. Uh, come on, you got to make a decision. I know this is I hard. Know. Yeah, I, it's yeah. great. Um, all right, let's go. Play the Jeopardy, Jeopardy theme. theme. Yeah. Do, 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 I'm gonna say canon just because I don't know enough of the books, and this could very well be also. Could be in the Thrawn books. Yeah, I could. I don't know that. I didn't read them. It could be. It, there's a lot. It could be in the comics too. The Age of Republic comics. Okay, it seems like a comic thing. All right. So Samuel the Hutt is going Legends, and BB Nate is going Canon. Am yes. I correct? Yep. It is um, from Battlefront Twilight Company novel, which is was canon canon oh okay that one little note Ah. um twilight company is a canon novel written by alexander freed who did write the alphabet squadron books okay um, with a little bait and switch which is based on the video game star wars battlefront so it's interesting how you guys were tying into rogue squadron which is Uh connected to a video game and the books were based off of a video game it's the same scenario it was released by del rey on november 3rd 2015 that was good Mm. that was that was fun that was tough i'm glad we got that one that was it yeah that was that one was tough Samuel the Hutt. Yes. Talk about that Star Wars thing you love so much. Yeah, keep keeping them with the theme and kind of getting on Rogue Squadron. Uh, Rogue One is re-releasing in IMAX this weekend with a special look at Andor. And since we won't be going because someone in the family decided to have a 70th birthday this what weekend. Nerve. I know. Uh, we wanted to talk about some of the reasons why we love this movie. Be on your guard. There are older and fouler things than orcs all right then keep your secrets You think we see Andor meet K2SO? Uh, Not, I, I don't season think it'll, ha- I think it'll happen two. at the end of season one. Okay. The pre- prediction's sure to go wrong before we even get to that part of the, sh- uh, the uh, that's not even today. No, that's no, not even today, no. No, I say end of season one. All right. I'm saying, yeah, maybe end of season one throughout season two. I don't know. That feels like too early, though. He's coming. All right. He's oh, coming at some sure. point. Oh, yeah. All right. I want to start off the segment by asking you guys if your thoughts and opinions on Rogue One have changed in the six years since it came out. Even Nate's got his hand up. He's ready he to is go. Ready. I think it's okay. I don't Are you being serious? No, no, no. no <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, no, that has changed um, a lot. No, uh... <laughs> It's from it has changed from the first time I saw it. When the first time I saw it, I was eleven, ten, so it Jeez. was a long time ago, and I didn't have the amount of maturity and understanding of movies of Star Wars or anything like that at that time. So now watching it again, watching it in theaters again a few months ago, um, sorry you weren't able to go to that, Sam, uh, was amazing, and um, I honestly 
really love it more now and understand it more now. And it's gotten me more excited for Andor because I think that his character being expanded on will make me appreciate his character more in Rogue One. All right. I um I loved it the first few times we saw it in theaters because it was new Star Wars in the movie theater. Exactly. Yep. Um I loved it because we got Chopper and Harrison Dula, General yeah. Sandula and yeah. Ghost. Um and I loved it because we got Steven Stanton oh, as happy birthday. Yeah, um, that's right. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Um we got um amazing surprises like the CGI Grand Moff Tarkin and yeah. the CGI um and uh, Leia. Princess Leia mm-hmm. and everything and, about and the whole Darth Vader scene. <laughs> Darth Vader stuff, Mustafar, all of yeah. that. So there was so much in that that like it was like just as a Star Wars nerd, it just went from one fan service thing to another. And that's why I loved it the first time. I love it today because it's an amazing story. Yes. Great characters. I can't wait to see more character development with some of these stories and things like that. But it is my, while I don't think I could love it any more than I loved it before, Mm -hmm. my love for it is different and it's matured as I've understood the movie more. Yeah. I agree. I think it's changed for me too in in the same regard. But, um, I want to talk about specifically a, a couple reasons why we love Rogue One. And I think, you know, first and foremost, it's uh, it's the characters. One thing that helps set this movie apart um, is the main cast of characters are completely original, and we've never seen them anywhere else in Star Wars, at least before this movie came out. Um, and after, and yes, and after. <laughs> yep. But first, um, I want to know who your favorite character from Rogue One is and why. Okay. I have a soft spot for droids, so K2. And like he's it. always he's been hilarious. my favorite. He's a lot He's always been him. my favorite, and so, yeah, I love K2SO. Um, I don't think that'll ever change, but... No, a close second would have to be Turret, mm-hmm. because I, I have a soft spot for, for both Turret and Baze, because um, right after the movie came out, I got the Guardians of the Wills book. Yep. Great, great, great book. Uh, young, a young I'm, adult. Y- not even young adult. I think it's like a juvenile. No, it was, I don't remember what it was, okay. but, um, it was still a great book for what it was. And you said that if I finished that, you would get me Ahsoka. And, and so, I, and I did, didn't and I? It was, did I follow through on that? You promise? did. So, okay. well, it had to be, you were out, I, I did follow up. You were right? on like a week long trip. Okay. And I had to finish it before you got back. I remember finishing it on the airport, on the ride to the airport to pick you up. Okay. And so I really loved that book and it got me into reading Ahsoka and it That's got cool. me into bigger Star Wars fandom. So Rogue One is important to me in so much and I love Chirrut's character. That's cool. He's so cool. It is interesting that you gravitate towards Chirrut, the character who is blind and, <laughs> and who is driven is by faith. Driven by faith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in this, which was why I was going to pick this character, not because of the blind stuff, but by the faith piece mm-hmm. um, with him. Chirrut, I am one with the force. The force is with me. He's always believing. And the other part of that, the 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 mm-hmm. yin to his yang, is Baze, who's yeah. lost faith. Mm-hmm. And he and and Chirrut is constantly trying to encourage his friend who used to be this amazing uh prophet of the the you know the, the wills the yeah. wills you know this guardian he has lost all belief and he's trying to encourage him to take that back and so mm-hmm. it's huge and, and eventually he does just by seeing the faith of church absolutely yep. so yeah. and what about you I was going to say Chirrut too, but, um, no, that's fine. If it's no, your favorite character, it's your favorite character. Yeah. But I mean, Andor is a good podcast. Also, no, I, I also really like Andor in that yeah. he's 
not necessarily a character I'd look up to, but just <laughs> not, not now. <laughs> he's just so dedicated to the cause and he's willing to kind of do anything for it. Not quite to the extent that Saw Gerrera's gotten to. He's a little too extreme. But I think we're going to see some of that in this right. series. And I up. think that makes him an interesting and compelling character. Now, not necessarily a role model, but in your opinion, what makes the characters of Rogue One so special and cause them to have such an impact despite only being in one movie? I think it's because they're they're everyday people. I mm-hmm. mean, they're they're people fighting the cause. They're people who are just living on a planet with no purpose anymore, like Bays and Chirrut. They're people in prison that get broken out. I mean, they're just people. They're not some prophecy uh or or some great powerful master and some mystic arts and all that stuff they're just people they're hobbits yes they're people we can look up to they are every men and so we can really look to them and be like i see myself in Jin. i see myself in andor i see myself in chariot you can say that with any of these characters you can't say i see myself in (laughs) um (laughs) but it's that's a little difficult but it it is a great story in how people live in this world and something we didn't experience before this movie Mm. all that much. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that this is a testament to the amazing, um, uh, storytelling and script writing, uh, screenwriting, uh, of, of Gareth Edwards, Mm -hmm. Tony Gilroy and Gary Weta. And obviously, um, Tony Gilroy is the one writing the, this story yep, for and Andor mm-hmm. and directing it. Um, I believe I'm not hundred percent sure I could be wrong on this. Someone will correct me. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> on Twitter, but, um, Gary Witta is involved in writing this that as well. Um, with that. So there's another plug for tuning into Potathon on September 17th. Um, <laughs> with that, they just understood how to write fantastic characters, put them in a story. And it's so complicated to do this because <laughs> they have to sandwich this in to a very short period of time with so much pre-story and backstory having already been written, uh, yeah, uh no you know, or, or, or later story, you know, I mean, it's, it's got a fit perfectly, um, which is amazing. And I can't remember who came up with the idea for this. I think it's John Knoll, um, which, um, we talked about it last mm-hmm. week on light, on a uh, light and magic. He like came up with the idea and sent it to Kathleen Kennedy and Kathleen Kennedy says, all right, let's, let's, let's go with it. So I, I, I think that this is, that's one of the reasons that, yeah. that it's so encouraging. Yeah. I think you about hit it. Um, the second part or the second reason why I think, um, this movie is, is, wow, wow, why, why we, man, I'm just having a tough time with this. It's alright, you're today. good. You're good. I think the second reason why we like this movie so much, um, is we saw a very different perspective in it. Um, the characters we yeah, followed. Just like we were talking about. Yeah, we're just an everyman. Uh, no Jedi, no great rebellion war- leaders, just soldiers fighting a war. Um, and Nate, you talked about how you really enjoy this movie because of this, but what about, what exactly about this perspective makes you feel that way? Yeah, it's, it's like I was saying, cause everybody can see themselves in either one of these characters or multiple, like different aspects of themselves and different characters. It's the, the drive of Andor with the faith of Churit or the, or anything like that. And so it, it's a really great story in, Seeing these people that you can relate to going through this battle and continuing to fight. And even though none of them make it out, they dedicated themselves to this cause. And it's seeing what the rebellion is truly for. And that's why this perspective and this version of characters and this version of Star Wars that we hadn't gotten before is important and loved so much by the Star Wars community. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I think it's important because it, it shows you that it shows everyone that you can make a difference no matter how big the fight may be. I mean, you may feel like you're insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Well, these people probably thought they were insignificant too, and yet they were instrumental in the story of Star Wars. Now, obviously, it's a grander story, but, I mean, you can be have an effect on anything. Just just because you feel like you're not significant doesn't mean you are. So. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I mean, at the at the risk of taking another weird left turn <laughs> man um, this episode is full of them um it's like that song in frozen 2 wow uh, that's <laughs> not the turn i was expecting <laughs> but you know that the idea is you know that when when, when um elsa do the next right thing that's that's like this what they learned to do and this is going to be the only podcast so in history weird. that you've ever heard us talk we're about Daredevil, Star Wars, we're going to talk some She-Hulk, we're going to talk some I Am Groot and we're going to talk about Bill Gaither and Frozen, <laughs> Frozen 2. 2. You wow. this is why only you need here to folks subscribe. Only here because this is the only podcast like this out there. Anyway, <laughs> wow, so. yeah, no, but you're right. Do the next we can right mute you. thing. Sorry. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, no, we've only really gotten two Star Wars or two stories in Star Wars like this that follow those kind of everyday people. This um, is what it's like living in this house, though. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, um, and not in a bad way, but. Um, Anyway, the the two movies that we've gotten that that tell us is Rogue One and Solo. You could maybe cite Mandalorian, but at least in movies, it was only Rogue One and okay, Solo. Okay. Um, plus, Mando kind of got into like Luke and the Force and all mm-hmm. that towards the end, so it's not the same. But, Dad, do you want to see more stories like this told in future Star Wars movies? As far as stories that aren't just directly tied to like the Jedi, the Jedi and, and, stuff. and all that, the 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 sort of everyman story, I do. I do want to see that. Um, I do want to see more Jedi stuff too, though. Oh, I want to see the Acolyte and I want to see Ahsoka and I want to see some crazy mystical stuff uh, going on in Star Wars. But I also like the stories like this. That's one of the things that's kind of happened in Mandalorian is Mandalorian has sort of morphed into a Jedi story. You know, first season one was Mando. Mm-hmm. And baby Grogu or baby Yoda that turned into Grogu, I guess. But it was about Mando. And then season two, it's like the force and, and, and Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker and going to Tython. And it's much more force driven story. I think season three will be a little bit more. Season three back. is going to be man uh, is going to be mm-hmm. uh, all about Mandalore. Yeah. Um, yeah. with that. And that's fine because that's the story that they're telling mm-hmm. and, and that's important. I'm excited it's for it. called the Mandalorian. Well, but I like stories like this that allow us to see, um, what it would be like to I think that's one of the things that's going to be so compelling about Andor is we're going to see what it's like living in the Empire Mm -hmm. when you have no hope and you've got just a handful of people that are trying to figure that out it's going to be an amazing Mm -hmm. story so I agree yeah speaking of that um you know knowing that we're going to get that perspective in Andor what do you want to see them explore in this perspective specifically now that they have more runtime they have an entire show to be able to dedicate to that i mean they can ex- they can explore the heaviness of living in the empire i mean we've gotten mm. some aspects of mm. it with rebels we saw a little bit of it um but i'm you know throw me an episode set during empire day in andor oh Give that would that. be cool that'd be great i'd love that that would be such an interesting aspect for andor and his character and even the other characters in the show yeah and that would be great and like an espionage attack on empire day 
like, could work so well. Maybe they show us, because I think the timeline, they could make it happen the first Empire Day. Yeah. Like the first time that they did that celebration, they made that a holiday and they celebrated mm-hmm. it. I want to see what the the general population's mindset to that would have been. I want to see Mom Mothma's reaction and I want to see Andor's yeah. reaction. I want to see the political side and the, the, the civilian side of that. And I think that we can get that now because TV shows do allow for more storytelling abilities. Kenobi couldn't have been a movie. Because no. there just was too much for them to put into it. But it fit for a TV show. Mando couldn't be a movie. No. Book of Boba Fett probably could have. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. but no, there, there's a lot of important stuff in, in all of these series that is lended to because of the runtime. So I'm I want, I want to feel the heaviness desperation and the desperation yes. of this. I want to understand why Sagarara is a terrorist, a literal terrorist, yeah. especially in Rebel Rising. I want to understand that. I want to understand why um, Mon Mothma is so good and so opposed to Sagarera and and why the story of Rogue One is is the last desperate attempt because they realize yeah. that if they don't take out that space station that the rebellion is done and why Jin, uh, you know, when she decides to, to make her stand and she's going to, she's going to stand up in front of all the re- different leaders of the, re- the, re- the rebel Alliance. Um, why Andor and those other soldiers finally go against orders and go with them. I want mm-hmm. to feel all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's this story. These two seasons are going to allow us to understand that. Yep. And I think the last um, reason why we like, we love Rogue One so much is it's not the, uh, th- this movie didn't end with the typical happy ending that Star Wars fans are accustomed to. Um, every single main character died they in the did. end. Um, and while yes, it was very sad. I think it made for a more impactful ending. I mean, these characters were willing to give their all and they did. Nate, why do you think they decided to give this movie a not so happy ending? <laughs> I, I do think it was to show these characters giving everything for for the rebel cause. Some people who just joined the rebel cause, maybe a couple days before and all that stuff, but people who grew up in this era, in this time, and being oppressed by the Empire and all mm. that, doing everything they can so that others don't have to go through that. Giving their life so that others don't have to go through that. It shows that these characters are people that we can admire in this universe, mm-hmm. in, in Star Wars, and, and these heroes, and why we understand why they are so important to this story and this universe and everything in Star Wars. They really are insanely important. Yeah. Now, um, lastly, do you guys think that after Andor is finished, it'll change the way fans look at Rogue One and even maybe change some fans' minds towards it? Well, it's it's interesting because... Rogue One is one of those movies within Star Wars that was generally well received. Yeah, that's true. I think it's well received because it's dealing with characters that have no connection to any other characters in the story. Yeah. Um, with it. Do you guys remember that between, um, Force Awakens and Rogue One that year? Between that, one of the prevailing theories was is that, that Jin, Jin was, was going to survive and go and off into hiding. Raise mom. And was going to date, was going to marry Luke and Luke's 
was the father and Jin was the mother of Ray. Yeah, that, that kind weird. of. Uh, it's funny how I miss those days though. Those were happy days. Those um, were- <laughs> we don't have those that much anymore. <laughs> that was fun. You're right. Those were nice. Uh, I'd oh. rather that. The innocence. The nostalgia. Um, <laughs> I wish there was a way to know you were the good old days. Yeah. You no, I, I do think it's going to change the, the way some fans, but I think it's going to increase their love and their appreciation yeah, for I it. Agree. I don't think it's going to, it, it necessarily needs to win over a ton of people to rug one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it can change people's minds and going into the not so fun part of the Star Wars fandom, I'm worried that due to the fact that they will be getting more exposure to Andor, people will not like how they treat and or in the series because they feel like they know everything about him in the movie. It's happened. It will happen probably because this is just how Star Wars fandom goes sometimes. And it's something that we deal with. But I think that the great thing about Andor and the series is telling us what we don't know. We've had hand canon about or, or fan theories or anything for the past six years about hand, who Andor is. And now we're learning that set way before Rogue One. Right. And now we're being able to see who this character, who we've all come to love in a small two hour period, uh, is actually his true yeah. colors. Super and so fun. I'm excited yeah. to see, but I think it will change. And how many Star Wars podcasts get to say that they were in the building when they filmed the announcement that the Cat yeah. Andor series was coming out? <laughs> we just didn't know about it. Just one. We didn't, they didn't tell us, but we were there when it was being filmed. <laughs> and when they announced it, literally, I think we were in the parking lot when they announced it. We were, it. yeah. Anyway. They, they, they just stopped filming the video, and then we went into the Star Wars show set. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty interesting... Yeah. Uh, fun thing to be a part of so well rogue one is truly a special star wars movie it told an impactful story and the characters have stuck in our heads even six years later and definitely will for many more and with andor coming out september 21st rogue one's legacy lives on very good good job samuel the hut good job proud of you appreciate it it. it's a good segment thank you and i got to throw in a Frozen 2 reference. Yes, All right. that was something. All right, let's just be honest here. Um, there is a really good reason that the big studios are re-releasing movies like E.T. and Rogue One and Jaws and No Way Home. Uh, it's because there aren't any other good movies in the theaters right now. Uh, we'll explain that next on Movie Moments. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. Um, How many releases? One, two? One? Two. Two? Two. Wow. All right. Anybody's going to go. No. I kind of forgot that there were two. Uh, The first one, The Invitation. Didn't know this was coming out this week. Don't even think I've seen a trailer for this. But it's um, after the death of her mother and having no other known relatives, Evie takes a DNA test, (laughs) which are so reliable, and discovers a long lost cousin she never knew she had. It's like a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, it's invited by her newfound family to a lavish wedding in the English countryside. She's at first seduced by the attractive, sexy, aristocrat host, but is soon thrusted into a nightmare, a thrust into a nightmare survival as she uncovers twisted secrets in her family's history and the unsettling intentions by their sinful generosity. Behind. 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 Whatever it was. Yeah, anyway. The director is Jessica M. Thompson. The cast is Natalie Manuel. And Thomas Doherty. Doherty. Doherty, whatever it is. Um, Sony Pictures is a studio. It's rated PG-13 for terror, violent content, some strong language, sexual content, and partial nudity. Nope. No. Nope. We're not I'm not interested. Yeah, not, not interested. for us. All right. No. This next one, 3,000 Years of Longing. <laughs> this looked weird. Um, you included this just because it's a weird name. Uh, Dr. Al- Alethea Binney. Binney is an academic content with life and 
a creature of reason. While in Istanbul attending a conference, she Istanbul, happens to read for that. Is in Istanbul, the Constantinople. Can is I read? Istanbul, the Constantinople. Oh, sorry. Yeah. All right. Um, attending a conference, she happens to encounter a. Gym. They might be giants. Just got thrown into this show. I'm telling you. <laughs> subscribe. All right. <laughs> she encounters a djinn who offers Ooh, her Ms. three Marvel? wishes in exchange for his freedoms. Oh, no. Genie. This is more like Aladdin. Um, it's Aladdin, yeah. This presents two problems. Isn't Idris Elba the djinn? Yes. Wow. Um, this presents two problems. First, she doubts that he is real. Anyone would. And second, because she is a scholar of story and mythology, she knows all the cautionary tales of wishes gone wrong. Makes sense. She's seen Aladdin. Uh, the djinn pleads right. his case by telling her fantastical stories of his past. Eventually, she is beguiled and makes a wish that surprises them both. It's an interesting I concept, wish, honestly, I didn't have a curse anymore. It's just Aladdin. Um, the director is George Miller. The cast is Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Studios great actress. artists. Wait, I, and it's I rated know R. The name Tilda Swinton. The Witch. Behind the Witch in the Wardrobe. Oh, oh the, yeah, the, yeah. The uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, no, I need to talk about now. Yeah. 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 Um, it's rated R for sexual, some sexual content, graphic nudity, and brief violence. Nope. It was an interesting concept. Interesting though. concept. Not going. But yeah, no, I'm good. Great actors too. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know what this this whole deal is here. Uh, for trailers this week, Zippo. There's no the zip is like zero. Zip. Zippo. Oh, they were talking about like some yeah. movie about the lighter. No zip. There's nothing. Zippo. There's not a trailer. There's not. No. All right. There weren't any good any trailers worth watching. No. All right. All right. Uh, cool. Box office results: Dragon Ball superhero super superhero made super, twenty million super domestic. That's Crazy. Good. good job. It's crazy. Congrats. Oh, um, that explains Fortnite. You didn't oh, yeah. grab that? Nope. Okay. They only didn't connect A that. Beast uh, made $11.5 million domestic. Probably not what they were hoping for no, for their so. first weekend. Mm-hmm. But um, who was surprised? And Bullet Train, third weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, third yeah. weekend. $8 million domestic. Not, not terrible. terrible. Ter- not terrible. Not terrible. All right. Good job. Good job, right. Nate. My turn. Oh, I thought we were skipping this one. No, we're not skipping this segment. <laughs> <laughs> we may be skipping it in the future, but... <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. I said I'd be like, so the, this week was the premiere of She-Hulk. Uh, we mentioned on our last episode that we hadn't uh, watched a single trailer for it. And we were going to go into the show with a clean slate. And that we did. But we didn't end that way. Um, in fact, we ended up watching I Am Groot immediately afterward. And we were thrilled to have that show as a palate cleanser. We'll explain next. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Rebellions are built on hope. Force is with me, and I am with the Force. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. We ended up watching I Am Groot then Daredevil, and so obviously you know how much we love Daredevil. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway. I mean, I finished season three and then immediately started rewatching the show. So um, with it, all right, all right. I want to get your reactions. We're going to start with I Am Groot. Okay. All right. Now let's see if you guys can take the hint that we're starting with I Am Groot. Okay. So give me your reaction to I Am Groot. I loved it. No, you I, missed it. I, I am Groot. You just wanted me to say, I am Groot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, anyway. But, okay. So but, anyway. No, I really, really liked it. I've always liked Groot, especially Baby Groot. Yeah, you were always yeah, I was, I was a huge fan of Groot. Um, but I thought this was such a fun show. 
shorts, whatever it was, was a ton of fun. Um, a that great, 15 minutes was amazing. Yes, I was, <laughs> I was having a smile on my face for 15 minutes straight, and that's great. And I think that the idea of the show was fun. It was great to see a rocket show up in the last episode. That last short was great and emotional and it was, it was fun cute. to see. It was cute. Um, but this whole show was genuinely good. And I think it's going to get overlooked by a lot of people just because, because it's, it's a kid's show. It's a kid's show and it's shorts and yeah. that kind of thing. But no, watch this, please. It's really fun. It's a, well, it's and, a great And time. it's going to make Guardians 3 so much harder to watch. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I didn't go into it with like low expectations. I, I guess I kind of went into it with like, I guess no expectations really. And I mean, it was just, it was so fun. I mean, it, there were clever jokes and I mean, it was a mel- pretty impressive what they were able to convey and get across in three minutes per short, you with, know, with no dialogue, no dialogue with really. har- the only dialogue is I'm Groot. And I guess the last episode had a little bit with, with her last short had a little Rocket. bit with Rocket, but I mean, well, and there was that one weird blob that impersonated Groot and he did talking. say some lines, <laughs> but that was weird. largely it was, it was just well executed clever fun jokes and it got all sorts of your you know your emotions were all over the place with it i'm not saying i was crying or anything no, but, but surprise yeah sadness yeah. for him i mean it was it was yeah. a lot disappointments of fun. yeah you know, concern all of those things <laughs> yes. within just a couple of minutes yeah i absolutely loved them i know i mean you guys can pick up on i thought they were fantastic mm-hmm. um uh, it was great all right so i love that one with the like little colony he found yeah. <laughs> <And> he <laughs> <steps> on him. <laughs> And then, and then you're like shocked that they're, that they <laughs> yeah. did that. Right. And then, and then they like, peek their heads up. Yeah. Right. Like so yeah. anyway, um, sorry if we spoiled it for you. If yeah. you haven't seen it, you should go see it. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, with it. Four All right. Let's talk She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, we'll start with you, Samuel the Hutt. Um, of course. Is the great one to start with? Sure. Why <laughs> yeah. Um, Samuel the Hutt, go first. What your, what's your reaction to the first episode of She-Hulk? <sighs> I mean, I, I guess disappointing is the best way to put it. I mean, uh, I didn't watch the trailer, so I had no, like, head cannon to go into it with. Um, you know, I think we were all looking forward to it. I mean, and I yeah. was, I was already interested in the character, knowing a little bit about She-Hulk and how she was a very fourth wall breaking kind of character. And, and there were mo- moments there were, there were that I genuinely liked. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was, that was an interesting concept. I was excited for it. Um, and then knowing that Daredevil was going to be coming at one point, I got even more excited for it. So I think I went into this episode with a pretty, like excited at mindset for it. And ultimately it left me thinking I was okay. And yeah. that's about it. And in, I don't know if this is maybe a little too dark side. And, and so I, I please don't take it as that, but part of a large part of why I'm you know, still want to watch this show is because I know daredevil's coming. Okay. I think that's so, I mean, that's the same for me right now. I was going into this show excited for it but i was more excited for daredevil i mean she hulks great but i'm i'm have honestly i'm here daredevil. for daredevil you have you have previous experience yes, with daredevil. but i was excited to see the show and now after the show i'm like okay i mean it's good I, it's it's fun enough to watch i guess but now i'm really only here for daredevil if if i if i miss next week's episode like i sadly did with miss marvel i won't be devastated Unless when we get to it, we get to it because you got you're going to be out of town Thursday. We're going to be at at the birthday party all weekend. We probably won't watch it. If Daredevil's in the episode, 
I'll get excited for it. If he's not, I'm not sure we'll I'm watch insanely watch interested. Yep. Yeah. But overall, I think of this first episode, I wish they didn't do it in 30 minutes. I feel like that, that yeah. hurt them. I feel like That's the a good pacing point. killed this episode. What do you mean? Because it you have so really. many weird points in this episode. You have, I mean, I it, it felt like... In some ways, you say this about a movie like, I couldn't catch my breath, like Bullet Train. It was so intense. Right. That's a good thing. In this one, I couldn't catch my breath. It's all inflection. I couldn't. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, Titana or whatever her her, her name. Tatiana. The the Jennifer Walker's character. Uh, No, 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 no. The character at the end. I think she has a name. The bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember who she is. I don't even remember the entire didn't even They didn't even introduce her. She showed up. Two seconds later, after a couple weird cuts of fight, she's she's gone. That was a, probably one of the worst edited fight scenes I've was, seen. And yeah. not saying I'm not trying to be dark side. I'm just saying I couldn't. It was hard to follow. And then you have the whole thing on the island and somehow a couple parts felt slow. I don't know how they did that, but it felt like there were parts that just they needed to work on. Make it make it 45, 50 minutes. I feel like really you wanted it to be longer. I yes. think it, I, I it get the have, point he's it making. It could have done been better if we had more character development for her and more more experience with her. You need those fifty minute episodes. That's what made Moon Knight so good. That's what made Hawkeye yeah. so uh, good. That that's yeah. I never I never I would mean, have gone down I, that path. I I agree. I'm not. I don't think Nathan's saying he wanted more of what we got. I don't think that's what he's no. meaning. I think he's meaning if they were had more time, they could have fleshed out the story better i would have liked the character more yeah i think you could have given the, a little more backstory a little more um nuance to the character okay so tell me what more story you would have wanted to see them develop. i would have loved to have seen more of jennifer walter's background before she got yes. exposed i want to see her getting into law school i want to see her going through lawyer cases i want to see her life before that leading up to her mm-hmm. getting hit, hit with the chemicals and how devastating that actually is for her to miss this yeah they may they just they just they just it, it, she's she's so disappointed she's so disappointed that she can't get back to her job well why is she disappointed anybody would love to just spend on an island on a okay. beach for for multiple weeks and not have to with work Hulk. i mean just imagine that and so why is she so disappointed mm-hmm. she loves her job so much give me why she loves her job so yeah. much. i need those kind of things and I mean, the only other live action MCU show that had this 30 minute format was WandaVision. We know Wanda. We know Vision. We've already been exposed to them. Point. So you can tell stories like that in that type of format because it lends itself to it. Yeah. It does not lend itself to an origin story in this case. It was just not, not right in this format. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really expand on that much more than, than what you said. I think that, that, that about hits it on the nose. I also think, you could have deepened the relationship between yes. Bruce and Jennifer. Um, obviously, they're family, and you get that dynamic and stuff. But I wanted to see... I, w- I would have liked to have seen a little more brokenness from Bruce in being yeah. the Hulk. I mean, he was like, yeah, it sucks. I got this binder of like everything I've had to go through, and it's not been an easy life. That's fine, and that's true. But I wanted to see more brokenness from him i mean this has taken a toll on him it is he has not been able to live a normal life because of it and i wanted to see that real personal struggle that he's gone through with that yeah i wanted to see jennifer having pure empathy for family and what bruce has had to go through yeah 
I mean, the only, if we're being honest, the only emotion other than gags that we got in this episode was when Bruce was sitting at the bar talking about building it with Tony. Yeah. Best part of the episode was him talking about that and seeing the engraving of, of mm. BB and TS. Yeah. Like, mm. that was great. That was a great part of the episode. I'll have to admit. I wanted to see more emotion. I wanted to see Jennifer feeling bad for him, not fighting him. I feel like that overall was just, it felt off. It just happened and they were fighting. Why? Give me, give me that experience and that lead up to the, the tension of why they would start fighting at that point mm-hmm. and why it went on for so long. I can understand a little play fight for 30 minutes. You know, cousins minutes. having a little, yeah, yeah. little fun. No, yeah. Not like actual two Hulks fighting because they have a small, small disagreement about life. I mean, <laughs> they're family. It's, 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 it, I needed more emotion. I don't need, I don't need, High school you, childish okay. humor. I need emotion in my character. Do you think that they went down this path with the intention of this is a even in the comic books, this is a a comedic storyline, break the fourth wall like you talked about earlier, Sam. Yeah, all of those things, and they were trying to make this thirty minute sitcom kind of funny thing, and it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah I I think that there have been a couple so far, in my opinion, to Marvel productions that have fell short because they relied on comedy too much it's this and love and thunder i think they both leaned on comedy a little too much and they suffered because of it ragnarok worked it was new with humor but it still had depth to the story i think it was still interesting in that i mean we saw we we saw odin Odin dying and things like that so I think that this suffered because it was trying to go for that sitcom feel. And there's nothing wrong with a sitcom feel. I think that can work, but it's kind of like there's got to be a time and a place for everything. Even sitcoms have episodes or moments and episodes where they kind of bring it down for a minute and really get to <coughs> the, to, to the depth. <laughs> Honestly, The Office is a st- stupid show. I mean, not in a bad yes. way. You get where I'm coming Intentionally from. Intentionally stupid. But Nathan yeah. told me he cries every time he watches the, watches I the finale. I am a mess. Yeah. So I'm not saying you're going to get to that level of emotion within one episode. I'm not saying or even one season. No, but a little more time to flesh out the emotion would be well, uh, would be very beneficial. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, for me, I think that it's the scene that sums it up is when Hulk Bruce is talking to she Hulk, smart Hulk. Okay. Um, when he's talking to she Hulk about Tony mm-hmm. in the lab and you see Tony's mask and you talk, they talk about Tony building the lab for him and the relationship and all of that. That wasn't Tony's mask, by the way, that was Ultron's mask, that was something Ultron. that they worked on mm-hmm. together. Okay. Okay. But anyway, there was the connection. Yeah. It's even more connection. Yeah. Okay. Their relationship was special, was unique. Yes. And we don't know how long this is after the events of Endgame. It's actually before Miss Marvel in the canon timeline. If you look on Disney Plus, it's set before Miss Marvel. Hmm, interesting. I feel like I wanted to see a grieving Bruce. Hmm. I wanted to see a Bruce that yeah. was still struggling with the fact that his friend had given his life to save the entire universe, half the universe, and all of this. Yeah. And all of those types of things. 
I think that there, that, that it just didn't work for me. I think that the attempts at humor were sophomoric and not in an office, mm-hmm. not in an office way. No. Sophomoric? Yeah. Just kind of juvenile. Yeah. Um, was that, that where it was like sophomore? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I so, learned something. But today. I don't think they landed. All right. No. Yeah. I didn't. I agree. So, so I mean, we could talk. I mean, we've talked about, you know, story. We've talked about cinematography a little bit. I mean, not really cinematography. I mean, I think think that it could have been better. The CG could have been better and things like that. We've talked about execution. I guess my thought when I talk about she Hulk, I don't want to necessarily, I I do want to say this. My favorite person, my favorite character in she Hulk was Jennifer Walters. Yes. Not she Hulk. Yeah. Jennifer Walters. Those opening scenes with her, the lawyer scenes with mm-hmm. her. I thought they were, they were great. Fun. Yeah. I loved her character. Yeah. I wanted more of that. I did not like the way that they portrayed She-Hulk yeah. and the character yeah. itself. I didn't like the way she looked. I didn't like the, like the way that she interacted Are with Hulk. Are they going to explain why her hair completely changed? No. It's just the way it is. Okay. You know, I just didn't right. like any of that. I just didn't, okay. I didn't land for me. Mm. I didn't like She-Hulk. I loved Jennifer Walters. I thought she was amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the moments where uh, it, on the island where Jennifer is sharing. Yeah. As Jennifer are, 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 you know, that her perspective is something that, that is good. And, and I have no problem with that. I just didn't like She-Hulk yeah. with it. I want to know kind of the, to sum up She-Hulk for you guys. I'll start with you, Sam. Then I'll go with you, BB Nate. How did this show make you feel? You know, the end credits start to roll. Mm-hmm. We the show the episode. The, yeah, we forget there's a post credit <laughs> scene. The, the 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 show is over, and we're getting ready to move about to go to I am Groot because that yeah, was the plan we forgot all along. That there was the end credit that we needed to watch. Right. What what? How did this show make you feel? Ultimately, it just made me feel like disappointed. Like it was another swing and a miss kind of for Marvel. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's kind of thought that there have been some later some some falling off in 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 marvel and later uh production kind of i'm not saying everything's been bad there were plenty of oh things in, in this phase that i've absolutely loved i'm not saying that marvel's like going down in not at all. in quality in total but there have been some things that have been a bit of a miss which is rare for marvel because for the most part i've liked everything i'd expect it with dc <laughs> <laughs> excuse me um and i was really going into this show wanting to like it wanting to be excited for it and have another great Marvel show that I can enjoy. I mean, I've enjoyed all the shows so far. I think yeah. they've all been great. Um, so I was excited for another one to add to the roster. But by the end of this episode, okay, it, it didn't hit. And not that it was like a, it felt like I was the wrong demographic for it. Similar to how I felt at the beginning of, of Ms. Marvel, which cha- completely changed by the end. It just, it didn't hit at all. Okay. None of it. No. Be me, Nate. I guess, I guess frustrated because mm. i i i know marvel can do so much better some of the best movies in my opinion that we've gotten in the past decade have come from marvel we have endgame we have iron man which completely changed cinema yeah we have no way home we have doctor strange which is one of my favorite movies there are so many amazing things that have come out of the mcu and this doesn't feel like it and i mean i saw a review saying that this felt like the CW was led into the MCU. Oof. I'm not saying it's that bad. I'm just saying if it keeps this direction, it can get that mm. bad. Wow. And I'm not, we love the flash, but because it's so bad, we can make fun of it <laughs> and we don't expect any more from it. 
I expected so much more from this show so because I know what it is can be. So you're not mad. You're just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> but I'll I'm, tell you how I felt. You know, the credits start rolling and I just didn't care. Yeah. No. I, I didn't care. I, didn't, I literally was like going to move on with my life. There was nothing like crazy, like Moon Knight. Like, we oh my gosh, what did that mean? Yeah, we didn't. We Normally when we finish something that we really like, we immediately start talking about it. I mean, instantly start theorizing, talking about this and that and that. And this we were like, okay, all right. Whatever. Let's cool. move on to I Am Greed. Okay. And literally, let's, <laughs> let's move, move on, on to I Am Greed. I, I know Groot. we talked about it in, you know, kind of our reactions with that. But, you know... Let, let's just kind of go down that last question because we talked about the story and the cinematography mm. as well on that one already. Yeah. Animation is beautiful. Um, <laughs> start with you, BB Nate. Yes. Watching I Am Groot, those five three-minute shorts, 15 minutes of content, um, half the length of She-Hulk, mm-hmm. one episode, right? How did that show make you feel? I guess the one word described was just, 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 just joy. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. I was smiling. It was cute. It was, it felt like an MCUS kind of thing. It, the, the moments that we got of baby group in Guardians 2, this was that. This is what you can expect from that. And, and I'd love to see more of these leading up to maybe teen Groot. That would be fun to see him, <laughs> him growing up, but. <laughs> I just felt like this was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I was laughing and it, it's a testament to visual storytelling and, yeah. and show not tell. And I mean, it was great. There was barely any dialogue in any of it and it told a great story. And I mean, we're seeing that in some more shows now, like, like primal, like Kennedy Tartakovsky's new primal show. There's not a lick of dialogue in that unless it's in another language. <laughs> and and it's it's already crawled its way onto the top 250 TV shows of all time. Wow. Wow. It's great. And so they're it's showing that you can tell amazing stories in 15 minutes with no dialogue with a cute character who acts like a baby <laughs> and have fun with it. Okay. Yeah. Sam, how did that show me? How did I am group make you feel? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if maybe our opinions of it or my opinions of it were influenced any in any way by having just previously watched She-Hulk. So, disclaimer, I guess, with that. But I think at any point, I would have thought the things that Nathan was thinking and the things that I thought about this show. It was just ton- It was just the best word to sum it up is fun. I mean, you there was never any like moments where like, um, this is dragging or wow, I really didn't like, you know, that choice or anything. You know, it was just, it was fun. The, the, the jokes were not even like punchline jokes. They were just like, like you said, visual storytelling, you know, I mean, the whole episode where uh, spoilers, if you haven't watched it, I, mean, I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but you should watch it. It's 15 minutes. It's great. Um, but the one where he basically turns himself into a chia pet. <laughs> and sit yes, there and, the and, episode, and does like yes. his own like fashion show uh, that was, great. was tons of fun and then at the end when that still- bird was making fun of him <laughs> and he still- so he gets pissed off and he like rips the feathers off the bird and like makes a scarf like they were shocked him. yeah i, know. I we're was like, like oh my wow. god i mean it was funny and, 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 and thank god he didn't like kill a bird or something but <laughs> no, i honestly thought that's what happened. i thought so too so i'm glad they like showed us that he just you know psychologically damaged it um <laughs> it'll grow back <laughs> but i mean it was shocking like we didn't expect that i mean 
there was like all these ups and downs, but overall, it, like at the end of each of those shorts, I was like, that was cute and that was fun. I want to see what they do in the next one, you know? Mm. And then the last short was had a nice little emotional oh wrap up it to it. Bit, it was a very cute. emotional yeah. um, episode oh, on that. <laughs> I would tell you that I am Groot um, brought me joy, you know, brought yep, me happiness. Exactly. I brought lots of emotion. I laughed more in the first three minutes of the first sh- or the first short than I think I did the entire episode of She-Hulk and I needed to laugh yeah, because I didn't feel that laugh, um, you know, that much in, in She-Hulk and going into it expecting to laugh a lot mm-hmm. um, with it. I just didn't, it didn't, I think you said it, Sam, it didn't land for you. I don't, it didn't, She-Hulk didn't land and I am Groot landed in everything yes. mm-hmm. um, for me. And then we remembered there was an end credit scene. <laughs> we did. Well, this this is right before we watched I Am Groot. Yeah. Right. So right before, so after She-Hulk finishes, we remembered that we hadn't watched the, the end credit so scene. So you go back into So we go back in <laughs> and we find it and we get to the end of it. And um, I was yes. really disappointed in that. And, and that's what we're going to go with on this week's dad moment. I am your father. All right. So as a dad, I've always loved the MCU portrayal of Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's truly a throwback to a simpler time uh, when there was a lot less gray area. He treats women with the utmost respect. He always does the right thing, even when the world disagrees with him. And he's even charmingly innocent, like when Howard Stark suggests <laughs> that he and Peggy Carter stop off in Paris for a fondue and Steve asks Peggy, do you fondue? <laughs> um, but all of that was sacrificed in the end credit scene of the first episode of She-Hulk for nothing more than a a cheap joke. Um, I know that the values and morals that I teach my sons are antiquated, that mainstream society doesn't hold to them. And I'm told that I shouldn't try to force my positions on anyone else, but this should also be a two way street. Um, This isn't the same thing as our introduction to Tony Stark in the original Iron Man, which by the way, I hesitated watching with Sam and Nate until after it left the theater because of the scene that I'm referencing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene when Tony was, has that one night stand with a reporter. The truth is that is Tony Stark. Yeah. And that scene explained to all of us who Tony Stark is. But now the contrast between the selfish billionaire playboy looking for a quick hookup with anyone who will go to bed with him and the conservative war hero from days gone by that we had in Steve Rogers has been obliterated by making a joke of Steve Rogers moral choices during World War II. It makes his character less interesting and his love for Peggy much less important. Mm-hmm. In essence, the MCU has decided that Steve Rogers couldn't be with the one he loved. So he loved the one he was with all for a few laughs and the MCU is worse off today because of it. Agreed. So, um, here's uh, here's the thing. We're gonna watch the rest of She-Hulk, and we'll go into this week's episode really hoping we enjoy it. But not everything is made for everybody, and we get that. We're just holding out hope that episode two doesn't make us feel the way that episode one did. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else? Yeah. Tickets go on sale today. Today for the, for the more fun stuff version. I quote of Spider-Man No Way Home releasing August 31st. There's like what extra 20 minutes, 15, 15 minutes mm-hmm. of content yeah. in there. Very cool. oh, that's pretty awesome. good. Yeah. Um, Ezra Miller issues an apology and says he is seeking help. 
Good for him. Good. Good for, I hope he does. And I hope so we get hope, to see The yeah. Flash because its screener points for its test audience screenings came out recently and it has the highest rating out of any DCEU movie. And I, I hope, hope Ezra Miller is able to go to the premiere holding his head high. Yes. Of, and, and he's probably never going to get to do press uh, for it. No. But, no. But there's some others in that that can do it. Yeah. Oh, so like Michael Keaton. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, um is living her Star mm-hmm. Wars dream as Sabine Wren. She got to, she said, talks about binge watching all the Star Wars Rebels to understand her character. <laughs> and, Makes sense. Um, seems like it's going to be very cool. Oh, yes. This was a different episode. We it said was. it would be at the beginning. It, it was. was weird, man. We had some weird <laughs> moments. But thank you. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Tatooine Sons of Pop Culture Podcast. If you had a good time listening. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> it would be awesome if you could share this with your friends. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the show is only a small part of the Tatooine Sons world. So if you uh, are glutton for punishment and you want more of this, um, be sure to like us on Facebook and join our Facebook discussion group and follow us on Twitter to get in on all of the action and you can get up to date with everything we've got going on at tatooinesons.com. That's right. And don't forget to follow the show on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our next episode. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on <laughs> Apple podcast. If you didn't, please forget that I said that, um, or whatever podcast app that you prefer on that. Anything else you guys would like to say? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you always. This party's over. I like that monkey. Don't get technical with me. Join, please. Yep, yep. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.